Grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll just review the last verse of our gospel lesson for today, verse 61. But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, asked them, does this cause to stumble in your faith? Literally, does this scandalize you? Or more familiar translation, maybe, does this offend you? We pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I'm offended. It's a cry that we hear probably far too often in our world today. Someone might say it because, well, you just used the wrong pronoun to refer to them. Used the wrong word to describe someone. Said they were Indian instead of Native American or white instead of Caucasian or Negro instead of African American or a pregnant woman instead of a birthing person or whatever it might be. People get offended pretty easily. Right now in our world, people are offended if you don't wear a mask. They're offended if you do wear a mask. It kind of makes you throw up your hands and say, well, maybe I should just kind of stick to myself in my own little bubble, not talk to anybody, not interact with anybody, and then I can't offend everybody. But then someone will be offended that you're ignoring them. Can't win, can you? Did you ever notice that Jesus offended a lot of people? The way that word is used, that last verse of our text, isn't really in the same sense that we normally think of. He wasn't saying things on purpose to hurt people's feelings, but he was saying things that made them scratch their heads, made them think about it. It was a hard teaching, a difficult concept. It was things that presented them with an option. Either you receive this through faith or you reject it and you give up on Jesus and walk away. You stumble in your faith. One example that comes to mind was the time that Jesus told that rich, strong, young ruler, go and sell everything you have, give the proceeds to the poor, and then come and follow me. And we told he, he went away sorrowful. He was offended. He stumbled in his faith. He wouldn't continue to follow Jesus. Or those offensive words, you have to hate your father and your mother, your children, your spouse, your siblings, even your own life, and you've got to take up your cross and follow me. And people were offended. They stumbled in their faith. They said, can't handle that one. I'm leaving Jesus. One that really is a problem for many people in our world today, especially if they think that Jesus is really just a prophet, just a, a good example for them to follow in their lives. Well, Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. It's a hard teaching, a hard saying. People stumble in their faith because of that. Or a very hard teaching of the Bible. There are a number of them in addition to the words that Jesus said. Maybe the one that jumps out the most would be teaching of the Trinity. 
God is one divine being yet three distinct persons so that at the baptism of Jesus, as Jesus steps out of the water of the Jordan, the voice from heaven, the Father says, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit descends on him in the form of a dove. Three distinct persons and yet not three gods. Just one divine being. That causes people to scratch their heads and say, how can this be? And some say, I can't accept it. I can't believe it. I'm giving up on biblical Christianity. As Jesus taught that he was the bread of life, the true bread that came down from heaven, the living bread, people began to murmur about what he was saying. They weren't quite offended yet, but it was obvious that was the direction they were going. And so what did Jesus do? Did he start apologizing? Did he change the subject? Did he excuse what he had said? Actually, no. He doubled down on what he was saying. They were arguing among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life in yourselves. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. That's a hard teaching. Difficult doctrine. Still for us today. Certainly Jesus didn't mean that we become cannibals. But what did he mean? See, we don't like those hard teachings. We like easy things. We like fluffy teachings, milk toast. We don't want to really have to struggle with it. We don't have to really think about it. Just give me something easy, not something I've got to dig my teeth in and chew on. But really, isn't that the purpose of the hard teachings? Isn't it to challenge us to think about it? Challenge us to ask the question, what does this really mean? to help us realize what it means to be Jesus' disciple and to follow him to count the cost. Everyone knew, everyone knows today, Jesus wasn't saying we have to become cannibals, that we physically have to eat his physical flesh and drink his physical blood. If that were true, who would be saved? Very few. His physical flesh and blood would have been devoured a long time ago. He had already explained the connection between the bread he said they needed to eat and his flesh. He had said, the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And he was talking about his suffering and death. He was talking about the fact that in not very long, they were going to see his flesh nailed to the cross. They were going to see his blood flowing from the wounds on his back caused by the whips. They would see his blood flowing down his arms from the nails in his hands and the nails in his feet. And then finally they would see the blood and water gushing out of his side when the soldier pierced his side with the spear. What would their be, reaction be? Would they be offended? 
would that be a cause for them to say, well, how can I possibly believe that that poor carpenter from Nazareth who was defeated by his enemies and nailed to the cross can any way possibly be the Messiah, my Savior? They needed to eat his flesh and drink his blood. They needed to take him in so completely, make him a part of them, to take him into their hearts by faith so that when they saw these things, when they saw him hanging on the cross, they wouldn't be offended, they wouldn't stumble in their faith and say, no, he's still the Messiah. He's still the Savior. Jesus says, The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him, just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. A little later, as Jesus spoke to his disciples about his death and resurrection, he said, On that day you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. The Apostle Paul picks up on that teaching when he says, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And Paul prays in his letter to the Ephesians, strengthened that we would be strengthened with power through his spirit in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. He says that in baptism we're united with Jesus in his death and in his resurrection, so that we can say with Paul, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Sometimes Jesus gives us an easy teaching, right? Whoever believes in me has eternal life. Pretty simple. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life, even Two years can say that, right? They know that. Simple teaching. But in the next breath, he can give us a hard teaching. You must be born again. And Nicodemus goes, what are you talking about, Jesus? How can that happen? You can't get back inside your mother, obviously. That's not it. But I don't get it. What do you mean? Jesus gives us some hard teachings. As the writer of the Hebrew points out, when we're new in the faith, we're like infants, we're like babies, we need spiritual milk. But as we continue to grow and come strong in our faith, we need some solid food. We need some meat, some hard teachings that we can choose on, chew on, and Jesus provides us with those. He doesn't give us the hard teachings in order to offend us, in order to cause us to stumble in our faith and and leave him. He gives us those hard teachings so that we might take some time, think about them, chew on them, realize that being his disciple is not going to be easy. Not only as we follow Jesus are we going to be hated by the world because the world hates him and we're following him, Not only might we experience physical trouble or persecution because we're following Jesus, but we're going to have some spiritual struggles if we're going to follow Jesus. Our sinful nature constantly rebels against those hard teachings of Jesus. 
statement that we have to eat his flesh and drink his blood. That's a hard teaching. Statement that he's three persons, distinct, and yet one God, not three gods. Our sinful nature rebels against that, is offended. The fact that it took the bloody death of Jesus on the cross in order to pay for our sins. Many people in the world are turned off by the blood atonement and the sacrificial death of Jesus. Another hard teaching. There is such a thing as a hell and eternal condemnation. Whole cults were formed because they were offended at that particular teaching of Scripture. Those hard teachings challenge us to take all of our thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. They remind us that we need to take him and all his teachings into us completely, like we're eating them, like we're digesting them. We even say that in our prayer, right? That we want to hear, learn, and inwardly digest all of these words and teachings of Jesus. He gives us those hard teachings. So that instead of giving up, instead of leaving him, we stick to him, we ask for his help, we ask him to explain as Nicodemus did, we become like that man who said to Jesus, Lord, I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Help me with those hard teachings. Help me with those things that offend my sinful nature. One of the most offensive teachings in our Bible today seems to be a teaching about the Lord's Supper. Not so much necessarily that what the Lord's Supper is, although there's lots of arguments about that, but then the idea of close communion, that the Lord's Supper is for believers and for those who have confessed their common faith in Jesus. That's very offensive to many people. So as we read John chapter 6, we're, we're tempted to think, well, Jesus is talking about the Lord's Supper here because he talks about eating flesh and drinking blood but if we say he's talking about the Lord's Supper here, it causes a lot of problems. He says, first of all, eat his flesh, not his body. But the big thing is that he says, unless you eat his flesh and drink his blood, you have no life in you. So if we equated exactly with the Lord's Supper, we'd be saying that anyone who has never received the Lord's Supper, whether they be children or other people maybe who have come to faith but haven't had the opportunity to be instructed and receive the Lord's Supper, well, they, they can't be saved. Jesus said, unless you eat this. He never says that about the Lord's Supper. Jesus said this before he even instituted the Lord's Supper, but we who live after the institution of the Lord's Supper, we can't help but thinking about it when we hear these words. And yet we're reminded that he wasn't talking about the Lord's Supper specifically, he was talking about faith, about trusting him completely, about receiving him completely, trusting him 100% in your heart. That's what he wants. Not letting anything that he says, any hard teaching, cause us to stumble in our faith and say, well, I can't accept that. I'm just going to turn away and give up on Jesus. 
Does this offend you? There are a lot of things that Jesus says, a lot of things that the Bible teaches that seem to be offensive, that are a challenge for us, that are offensive certainly to our sinful nature, none more so than God saying in his word, you're a sinner. No matter how good you've been, you're a sinner, and you deserve my eternal wrath and punishment. But if we let that offend us, if we let that turn us away from Jesus and we leave him, we never get to hear the rest of the story. We never get to hear the good news. Yes, that's what you deserve, but that flesh of Jesus, your sin was punished in it because he became true God and true man, because he allowed himself to go to the cross, that punishment that you deserve been given to him. Your sin is forgiven. In him, you have life. Jesus gives us hard teachings, not to offend us, not to scare us away, but to challenge us, to move us to ask for his help. Lord, help me overcome my unbelief to move us to chew on his hard teachings, to grow in our faith, to remind us that we need to take all of our thoughts and make them subject to him. Because as we'll hear Peter say next week, to whom else should we go? You have the words of eternal life. Amen. Please stand.